Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to another high resolution. I am Seamus Byrne. It's good to be back with another episode once again, and this week we have something a little different and incredibly important in my view. I'm talking to Grace Watkins, co-founder and director of Click Management. That's the gaming influencer collective with the Click House and a whole team of amazing content creators. Muselk, Laserbeam, Loserfruit, Mr. Fresh Asian, and a whole bunch more. Some of the biggest names around when it comes to Twitch and YouTube gaming. And as we discuss, they're doing a lot to not only build a business, but to help ensure that rising stars out there don't get ripped off by the cowboys that are around this business sometimes. It's a really important discussion because I think gaming content creators are a huge part of the industry today. And some of the biggest in the world are crushing it from right here in Australia. So we managed to catch up in the before times, if you will, back at the Fortnite SummerSlam event in Melbourne. So my first question is both hard and easy. Okay. <laughs> what What's your like barbecue chat version of how you explain to someone what it is you do? <laughs> yeah, it's a little complicated. Um, it depends if I've got sort of 20 seconds or five minutes. <laughs> yeah. But what I would usually say is, um, yeah, I run a company called Click Management. We manage a bunch of the biggest gaming content creators in the world. And we basically help them grow their careers, grow their channels, grow their revenue streams. And, and really we want to be advocates for gaming and for creators and the industry to the world and, and help sort of brands and, and all the other stakeholders understand the importance and where, where it can be really valuable for them. Yeah. And I, the, the sort of phrase content creator is definitely the perfect kind of phrase these days but I know I've sort of last few years when people talk about it from the outside they often are sort of using influencer or all these kinds of different yeah. things um you know what's sort of that way that you try to help people understand yeah here's actually what they're doing and here's why it, it means something to people who watch yeah I think a lot of people have gripes with the term influencer and I think it can sort of brush over the actual work that these guys are really putting <laughs> yeah, right. in every day. And I think 
influencer but it but it really does work as a term these guys yeah. do influence people every single day and that's how they've been able to build the audiences that they have but i sort of to take it back a step and hit on your question I would say what I would describe these guys do is they create gaming content every day. So while some people might just play video games, um, they're creating content. So they're recording themselves or streaming themselves live, um, playing video games. And usually they do it in a way that's super entertaining or has a funny take. Um, They're also particularly skilled most of the time. So it makes for a really entertaining viewing experience. And I think for a lot of people that hear this for the first time, it's surprising. They're like, why would anyone want to watch people play video games when they could just play them themselves? But I would sort of uh, take an analogy as to, you know, why do you want to watch football when you could just play football? And I think it's because it's great to see people that are the most skilled and are doing it in a really entertaining way and you get the commentary and it adds to the whole experience. And I think recently um, I read that I believe 90% of people that play video games also watch gaming content online. So it's it's become a really, really huge part of the gaming ecosystem. And I think events like this and games like Fortnite have really taken that in on board with how they create the games um, with content creators in mind. And, and then obviously these guys usually upload it to platforms like YouTube or Twitch um, and have audiences of, you know, hundreds of thousands and millions in some cases. Yeah. And... Uh, and yeah, so, and, and through that, they do influence most of their audience as young boys and, um, and they have a really, really strong connection. There. Yeah. I mean, I think a great example right over the years has definitely been, I feel like one of the first ones I remember was, uh, Skate 3, I think it was, where, you know, it, it had been out for years. It was known to have not been that great when it came out. And then some YouTubers started, embracing its flaws to start making really funny videos Mm -hmm. and next thing the second hand market for that game kind of went through the roof on ebay because everyone was trying to get a hold of it because they were watching these people and going that's actually hilarious like by embracing what was wrong with it suddenly everyone's like i want to play that game again years after it came out because of these people that they love playing with it online and having fun with it yeah and i think that really does show the influence and the and the power that these creators have because the way I see it and would explain it is that these guys have an audience of millions, you know, and, and their audiences are watching them upload videos every day. And they know the kind of clothes these guys wear. They know the kind of music they listen to. They know yeah. the games that they love. They know their humor. And so this is really different to a traditional celebrity or musician or pop star in that sort of way where it's, it really hits something that I don't think we've seen in other entertainment genres yet, which is this perfect balance between relatability and aspiration. Mm. And so in many ways, these guys see these creators and they see what they're doing every day and they really feel this level of friendship with them. They know the ins and outs of their lives. They follow them on Instagram and see their girlfriends and what they're doing on the weekend. And so with that, you know, word of mouth is a really powerful powerful thing that determines purchasing decisions um, among other things and so when these guys recommend a game or say hey this product's really cool their audience will try it because that level of trust is there that I think you don't see in other traditional celebrity genres Um, and that's what I find is really exciting and where there's so much so much power and potential in this industry yeah Um, 
I mean, um, and it kind of feeds into kind of my next question, which is really around that idea of, you know, you've been doing this for a while now. What I mean, how many years has click management officially been a thing, actually? So we started click about three years ago yeah, right. now. I actually traditionally studied um, commerce. I majored in accounting and I did law as well. And I was working at PwC, so one of the big four. And my brother, Elliot, or Muselk online, um, was a, is, is still a big gaming creator. And he was really noticing his audience grow. He was noticing brands starting to become more interested and involved in the space. And he was seeing a lot of his other content creative friends growing, but really not understanding the value of the audience that they were developing. And so we started Click really to advocate for creators and make sure that we were doing a great job to represent what they're doing and the ability for people to connect with their audiences. And... um and it's been a bit of a wild ride since <laughs> yeah. then, yeah. I mean, that's a really good point about bringing a group together. I mean, in some ways, I remember when I very first saw the very first announcement for the Click House. Yeah. I remember sort of thinking like, this is like they're making people live in a share house. This is weird <laughs> and stuff. But then, you know, the more you sort of think about it, it was like, well... This is in some ways almost like a media company in a sense where, you know, a bunch of journalists get together and form a newspaper because they're like, you know, this works better if there's a bunch of us helping each other out and feeding off each other to build a bigger thing, not just all kind of living in separate pockets of the universe. Um, you know, what was the thinking behind that sort of step for, for Click as well to go, what, you know, what does that mean to think, let's try this idea of bringing everybody together? Yeah. Creator houses is not a completely new concept, Mm. but it's something that I don't think we'd ever seen done in Australia before. And it's something that we'd seen done in uh, the US to varying degrees of success, but it really capitalizes on the fact that audiences love seeing that interaction of personalities. It's like a reality TV show in many ways. Like people love seeing who this person's dating and who this person's friends with. And beyond that, it's an incredible opportunity for these creators because especially with gamers, a lot of the work can be pretty solitary and isolating. Yeah, that's a good point. Most of the creators I work with, you know, when they first got started, they were making videos in their bedroom, you know, and it was something that maybe they didn't tell their friends about because it wasn't considered cool and So to be able to put them in an environment where they're able to collaborate and be part of a group that is bigger than themselves is, is an incredible experience. It's very unique. And of course it really does help with their growth as well because they're getting that cross contamination of audience, um, which leads to much bigger exposure than otherwise. And it's, yeah, it's, it's been incredibly powerful for audiences to know that their favorite creators are part of a group and and that it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Um, I know, I remember I was talking to uh, Ching or I guess Panda as he's sort of, you know, now these days, um, that he was saying how when you're streaming eight hours a day, it's, he said it's kind of like the, the best but hardest job he's ever had because it's like you're this... Uh, almost like you're a stand-up comic switched on nonstop mm-hmm. eight hours a day type thing or more than that sometimes. You know, is it actually good for for these folks to be able to kind of understand each other and live together in a way that means they can kind of help each other de-stress a little bit as well on the outside of sort of being in the thick of always doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think doing YouTube and streaming is an incredibly 
full on and intense job. Seems like that, a kind of life commitment in a sense while you've decided absolutely. this is what I do. Yeah, yeah, it very much determines these guys' whole lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and I think it's something that probably the, the wider community doesn't really understand or appreciate. You know, something I hear all the time is like, gosh, playing video games for a living, that must be the dream. And it is the dream, but that doesn't mean that these guys aren't putting in insane hours every week. And if it was easy, everyone would do it. So yeah. when you say video games for a living, that sounds like the best job in the world. It's the best job in the world, but these guys are doing something different than what anyone else is doing. Yeah. And it generally comes with a massive time commitment and an insane level of creativity. And many of the people I work with are working 12 to 14 hours a day nonstop. Mm. And the mental burden that it has as well can be incredibly intense because not only are they working these hours, but they're in a job where they get a report card every day. They're not having, yeah. you know, six monthly reviews with their boss or anything. They're literally going online and saying, I didn't get as many views as I, today as I did yesterday. Yeah. Or this person got more subscribers than me today. Or my engagement is down. They can see their earnings on a minute-to-minute basis. Yeah. And that comes with a level of pressure that I think most jobs don't have. Yeah. And it's something that absolutely can be a burden when you're also playing online and it's at the liberty of platforms like Google, who owns YouTube, or Amazon, who owns Twitch. That that does come with a huge amount of pressure. Yeah. Um, and back to your back to your point, yeah, I think being in the house can provide a really incredible level of support for each other through yeah. that. Um, so we're here at the AO Summer Smash, uh, the big fortnight event the Tennis Australia's put together. I'm really like I love the idea that we're here for the second time because I do think that really means they tried it. And they liked it. And here we are second yeah. time around. And I feel like, you know, there's a whole, I mean, how many of the click crew, you know, team are actually involved with this? Like, it seems like there's quite a few people who are in some way attached to click management or here in the, in the building for this. I think we've probably got seven or eight of our talent here today. Yeah. Um, which is super exciting. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it's been brilliant to see how Tennis Australia and Epic has gotten behind doing events like this. It's really just the start of how I see this industry developing. I think the cross sort of the cross connection between traditional sport and gaming is something that we're going to see more and more of. You know, traditional sports like tennis and football in Australia are having the lowest rates of pickup for young audiences at the moment than they ever have before. Not many young kids are watching sport anymore. And I think it goes back to sort of why those, you know, what's sort of hitting young audiences in terms of entertainment is changing on the whole at the moment. Um, You know, when I was a kid, which wasn't that long ago, (laughs) by the way, I'm... (laughs) I'm only 27, but I remember thinking, oh, you know, it's Wednesday night, 7.30 tonight, my favorite show's on. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Kids don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. They are wanting it on demand. They want to be able to watch whatever they want, whenever they want. And that's where YouTube and Twitch are really serving a purpose that traditional media platforms just aren't right now. Mm. And so I think 
being able to bring those audiences to a physical event like the Summer Smash here is incredible. And I think hopefully it brings more attention um, from younger audiences to the tennis. And I really hope that it, you know, for people that aren't as familiar with gaming or Fortnite, um, it, you know, provides a level of legitimacy there as well and gets people excited about all the possibilities that are opening up in the digital space as well. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels like what we see in the way that you hear a lot of the, sort of the the kids here screaming is that yeah, the the main reason they're here is to see, you know, Muselk and Lockie and Fresh and all these people in the flesh because they love watching them online. Yeah. And then, of course, to get here, they've kind of had to drag their parents along. But then the parents walk into that room and go, oh, oh, this is like the real thing. It seems like that it's, you know, that in that same way that we talk, I guess, about, you know, that the the content that they create can be very influential for the game makers, that an event like this kind of, down, you know, that couple of steps down the chain actually helps to bring the parents out to a live event like this and realize just that it isn't random stuff that the kids are doing online. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and... I've worked with a lot of teenagers and people in their early 20s whose parents really don't understand what they do or perhaps didn't take it seriously at first. And I think events like this really help people understand that this industry is massive. It's not going anywhere. It's growing at an insanely fast rate and that there are incredible opportunities in the space, whether you're a pro player or a content creator or you're working on the business side of things. There's so many opportunities and um, I think it's really amazing that there are so many young Australians that are really driving that industry forward that didn't even exist three years ago and now is is a really big contributor. Mm. So when you formed Click Management, um, you know, in that first wave of time, how much of it was you sort of going out, knocking on doors of companies, trying to show them here's mm. what the value is going to be? And I, mean, I feel like over time, maybe more of them are starting to knock on your door. But, you know, how much of that initial leg- legwork was about trying to really show what was possible? Yeah. At the start, it was definitely a huge education piece and it was a huge amount of pitching and talking to people and really trying to help people understand the insane numbers that are in this industry, the viewership, the engagement yeah. and how it could be powerful for them. It still is. There's still a lot of that. And I think Australia is a few years behind the US in particular, who really has a pretty big appreciation and creators, social media people are very much an accepted part of marketing strategies in the US now. Australia is getting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, albeit a little bit more slowly, but I think really you can't ignore the numbers that these guys are getting. And, you know, a number of my creators are getting over a hundred million monthly views on their content, which is more, you know, they will have more live viewers. Uh, Yeah. Some of my creators, I, I believe we were looking at it when they just stream on a random Tuesday can have more live viewership than the final of the AFL. 
Yeah. On a random Tuesday. I mean, if you compare that to, I guess, TV ratings on that same Tuesday night, right? Like they're probably better than TV. It's not even on the same spectrum, (laughs) to be honest. Yeah. And and that's nothing against TV, but I just think we're entering a different period where what we're doing is borderless. These guys have audiences all around the world. Majority of their audiences are stemming from the US. And so to be able to create, you know, the fact that we've, or yeah, I'm really proud of the fact that we've been able to create a small business in Australia. The average age of the people I work with, I believe is 24. And we're an industry, you know, that makes about 75% of our revenue from the US. So it's, 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 Amazing that we've been able to create a business that really capitalizes on Australian talent and young Australians, but really be able to hit an international, um, an international market. And I think there's not many industries where that's possible to do in a short period of time. And, and this yeah. is one of them. So it's really exciting. Which of the companies do you think are succeeding most uh, in general terms? I'm thinking in terms of, you know, other, is it the ones who are going through like their marketing agency to do this or is it people who have, built you know internal direct kind of champions and managers for these kinds of engagements like what kinds of ways are the best companies finding you know to manage how they kind of participate in this sort of content space i think both methods can be done really well i think in the u.s for sure you know i look at brands like SeatGeek, which is a ticket selling app that has really aligned themselves with a massive creator over there. And they've become part of his own identity. His audience loves that that brand sponsors his videos um, because he's able to do incredible things with that money that gives back to his audience. And I yeah. think that's, that's such an incredible example. But you know, that's something that I think we're really trying to do at Click is work with brands to help them design incredible campaigns that are, you know, native and organic to that creator's audience, but that still deliver on the results that are important to the brand. And that's where I think working with influencers and working with creators can be done best because it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where creators have this incredible connection with their audiences. Their audiences trust them. Young people these days are very attuned to what traditional advertising looks like. They see a million ads a day. (laughs) They open up YouTube and they see a pre-roll ad. They look at, you know, anywhere online and they're seeing pop-up ads come up everywhere. But that's where I think working with creators can be so powerful because it's hard to hit young teenage audiences these days. And this is one of the places where teenagers really are and they're really engaged and doing it in a way that is authentic to them means, you know, I think audiences can have a kind of a high bullshit radar at the moment. They know what's an ad is, (laughs) but when one of their favorite creators is recommending something or delivering them a message in a creative way, it not only is more effective, but it actually builds massive brand rapport. And for audiences, they think, oh, hey, like SeatGeek, that's not just a random company that's trying to advertise a product to me. It's like they're doing cool stuff. They get me. They understand me. And therefore, they're so much more likely to make a purchasing decision. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah. And I might touch on some a couple of the specific people, you know, in, uh, in the... I feel like is it you know a click umbrella in a sense because yeah. I'm not actually sure if kind of fresh is technically part he of the click. Is. okay because yes. I remember when I, I think first met him he might not have quite been at that point but then you could see that he was kind of very embraced by sort of you know the whole kind of click team yeah and then what was brilliant was talking to him this time last year still kind of you know a relatively shy young man who was really yeah. good at Fortnite yeah. I'm watching him blossom over the past 12 months to have this vastly bigger online audience, but to see the way he kind of learnt from the other people, like he would regularly be streaming with Laser and you could almost see him sort of feeding off that energy, learning how to find that part of himself more. Um, It really kind of seems like that as a group, um, it's just really kind of exciting to see the way it's not, so competitive in that sort of sense, but it is about everybody kind of lifting each other up at the moment. Absolutely. I mean, it's a little competitive. They're, <laughs> well, I'm sure, yeah. They're playing games after all. Um, it's, de- it's definitely a little competitive, but at the end of the day, I'm really proud of the whole group and all of the creators that I'm lucky enough to work with that they want to pass on that knowledge they want to see other people succeed they understand it's not a zero-sum game and the way that we're going to make this industry the best it possibly can be is bringing as many people up with it as possible and yeah fresh is fresh is incredible he's had an absolutely yeah incredible story and i'm really proud of the way that the whole group has taken him under their wing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So what excites you most when you sort of get up each day and think, this is what I do. Um, You know, this is my mission for the day. I'm going to go do cool things. Like what is it you really love about running Click? It's a tough question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's some days you wake up and go, oh, God. (laughs) No, I, I feel incredibly lucky I work with some of the most creative young people in the world. I genuinely believe that everyone is at their core a good person that wants to work hard and do something special. And so I feel lucky to be able to work with them in their careers on that. Yeah, I just think everything that's happening in digital media with YouTube and the streaming platforms and gaming is such a rocket ship right now. 
it's growing every year so rapidly. The interest from the broader community and more traditional media platforms and brands is developing really, really fast. And I'm just excited to be part of pushing that forward and showing, you know, I really hope that Click and the creators within Click show young people that regardless of what their hobby is, regardless of what they want to do, if they want to work hard, there's an opportunity to really create success for themselves. And yeah. Yeah. So um, amongst all the kind of the things that you've managed to do through this whole business project, amazing life choice, (laughs) um, you know, are there any particular moments that sort of stand out most that you're proudest of in terms of achievements? Oh, I mean, is it the house or is it kind of other events? I think the click house was an... a huge project. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of work to pull that together. And I'm really, really proud of the community that came together through it. I'm really proud of some of the creators I work with. And I think, I think, yeah, I, I'm proud that our click family has created a group of people that create opportunities for each other and I think a lot of them have found direction and success that perhaps they wouldn't have found if they didn't have those people around yeah. them. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's the big events and things like the World Cup in New York last year was a huge one. Uh, even events like this, anything where we're able to come in person and see the audience and see fans is very humbling and because most of the time we're behind a computer screen or the creators behind a computer screen. I know sometimes it's difficult for them to remember that really they're reaching out to millions of people every day. And these events really touch on that. And then of course, some of the big commercial deals we've been able to do, I'm really proud of because I think it's incredible that we're able to work with big traditional brands that have never touched this space before and give them an incredible experience and allow them to connect with a teenage audience that they perhaps haven't been able to before. Yeah. Look, it might be worth just as an aside for people who've never watched some of what these people stream that I know that through ClickHouse, they don't just stream games. Sometimes it's like, and now it's time for cooking show time. That like <laughs> that they really are kind of showing all sorts of sides of themselves through this sort of stuff, right? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to the fact that gaming is just gaming's just the format. Yeah, I think. And yeah, that's a good it's point. an incredible format, and it's one that all of them want to, you know, most of them want to base their careers on. But ultimately, it's not about the fact they're playing games. Their audiences are engaged in who they are as people, and yeah. they could be playing games, or they could be cooking, or they could be showing you around their bedroom or their house. They could be vlogging a trip to the US that they're doing, and their audiences are equally as engaged. Yeah, uh, it's really about the connection and their personalities and their relatability that yeah. is what makes them special yeah so um what do you think are the biggest challenges at the moment um for the business for the industry that you feel like still need solving i think some of the biggest challenges are that we're still in the teething issues of the teething phase of this industry uh you know a lot of A lot of the fact there are, or a lot of the time there are issues that can stem from the fact that while we're based in Australia, most of the audiences my creators work with are in the US. 
but that can create sort of logistical issues with marketing budgets and that sort of thing. A lot of the time we work with brands who have marketing budgets that is distributed by geography. Sorry, yeah. this is probably so boring. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, this is really important because I've seen it in a yeah. lot of different areas. Global business, mm-hmm. the company you're trying to deal with is going, oh, but, but how many Australians am I going to reach? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think it's a, it's, it's a challenge for brands and marketing agencies probably for the future where they're going to have to start looking on a more global perspective where marketing budgets aren't necessarily distributed by, oh, this person's based in Australia because, yeah, these guys can be based in Australia, but their audiences are worldwide and should be recognized as such. So that's one for sure. I think, you know, and this sort of comes with comes with just what it is, but we just really want people to be understanding more about the value, um, more about the power of the viewership and the engagement that these guys have with their audiences. But I think these are all challenges that are natural and come with growing industries. And I think I look at most industries or most entertainment industries specifically that have come before what we're doing and they'll face similar things. And so that's what my commitment is and that's what I'm excited to get to work on. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're not going to tell me actual line item details, but I'm, you know, how, how does the balance sit these days when it comes to things like ad revenue off YouTube versus brand partnership revenue versus Twitch subscribers or, you know, those, the different kind of ways in which people are able to actually... Um, you know, earn a living out of this sort of stuff. Is there a balance there at the moment somewhere? There's a balance and it differs creator to creator. Yeah. I think what is exciting about this industry is that the, uh, that the lines of revenue are growing each yeah. year and it means that these creators are really able to create diversified businesses for themselves. And so while traditionally most of their revenue might stem from uh, ad revenue on Google or Twitch, really what the goal with many of these creators is now is to really build them into brands themselves that have multiple streams of revenue. So whether that be merchandise sales or brand ambassadorships and partnerships, creating their own product lines, creating their own companies, creating their own games, really the possibilities are limitless. And that's where I think I see a real challenge, but also a massive opportunity for creators in the future. Yeah. And look, I think for me, it's, I think a really great part of what the whole idea of Twitch subs has kind of meant um, I'm not sure if does YouTube have a paid subscriber kind of equivalent these days. I can't remember. They um, they pay via AdSense. So they yeah. pay on a views basis yeah. for um, VOD videos. But like what I've really loved about sort of Twitch subs as an idea was that for so long people accused, you know, the kids these days, they don't want to pay for anything. Yeah. Um, you know, because, oh, they're stealing content off the internet, all that kind of crap. But Twitch shows that when they see this clear relationship with someone they love that they're like, yeah, here's my sub, you know, I want, and like, because they can see that direct, meaningful, I'm paying that person for being awesome and entertaining me and I, I know I'm supporting them, that, that they're happy to give that kind of support. Yeah, it's a really good point and it's something that Twitch has done that I really don't think any other platform has done to the same extent mm. and Twitch has created an incredible culture around around that and 
I think young people are, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think young people aren't necessarily against wanting to pay for anything. They're just wanting to feel in control of where their dollar goes and understand the impact of it. So, uh, yeah. And again, I think it goes back to that connection that they have with creators and that feeling of friendship and wanting to support them and be part of that person's community. Yeah. So next few years, what's the driving mission for for click and for grace (laughs) (laughs) um i think for click the goal is really to to you know get our name out there on the global stage a little bit more and get our creator's name out there on the global stage i think our creators have done an incredible job of fostering their communities but what i really see as the bigger play is making sure that the rest of the world understands the value of this the value of working with creators and gamers and really making sure that yeah we're able to push that agenda forward and do the best possible job we can for the creators that we manage and the wider gaming community as well cool so if in this whole sort of industry of understanding sort of the creators and just the importance of sort of gaming as a as a format i like that kind of phrase for it but you know if you could just inject some kind of a level of understanding related to your work into kind of the mainstream so that everyone just now gets this thing that you've been hoping people would finally get yeah and understand what what might that be i really see gaming as a subculture now And it's a culture as much as music is a culture or skateboarding is a culture. It's a way that young people identify themselves now. And it's not just something that teenage boys are doing in their bedrooms by themselves. It's a real community. It's fashion, it's music, and it combines all of those things within it. And the way, the way I see it is it's, it's really where a lot of people are spending their time these days, you know, and gaming is now bigger than the music and movie industries combined in terms of global revenues. And I think understanding that and understanding that this is an environment where people, you know, congregate, have friends, spend their time, consume content. It's really like a 360 model that I can't see in any other entertainment industry. Yeah. And so I guess what, do you have hope that we're going to get that message out there, that that is going to be something people understand? Is it, is it the, just the slow turn of generations that solves that? Or do you think we're going to, we're going to be faster than that? <laughs> I think it's inevitable. Yeah. It's, you know, from where Click started three years ago, it's a completely different world for gaming and entertainment right now, which is incredible. And I'm so excited to see where it is in three years from now. Uh, I think the numbers are, getting to a point where you just can't ignore them anymore. Yeah, I think I think it's inevitable and I'm I'm really excited yeah. about it. Um one other sort of tangent on the the house itself when uh, you know it's awesome as kind of a young people's share house type vibe. Has there been anything around that idea that well as people mature a little bit and grow up a little maybe they're like I want to live nearby but I don't necessarily want to live in the house because I've now I'm going to start a family or like something yeah. that might kind of come up. Yeah, um, the house was yeah. an incredible concept for the first year and a half or so. <laughs> um, now a few of them actually aren't living in the yeah, house right. and we have this, 
you know, beautiful office in Surrey Hills where a bunch of the guys oh, come right. in each day like and create content. Yeah. And so the house, I think, was a really powerful sort of image for what we were creating represented. But yeah. it's not about the physical place. Yeah. What click is, what we're trying to do, what gaming is, isn't about the physical space that people are in. It's really about creating that collective and creating that group and making sure that, um, yeah, we're representing that this isn't, yeah, this is, it's a community thing. Clickers in the heart of everybody who takes <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grace. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.